0: Hello and welcome to Grace Life Rondebosch, a church situated in Cape Town, South Africa. We pray that this teaching will awaken your heart to the reality of Christianity, which is Christ in you, and that this will result in increased fruitfulness in your life. When we look at the gospel that we preach, often we're we're preaching a gospel, which is good news, right? Right? It's the message of what Jesus has done for us and freely offers us, but we're preaching a message which is more beneficial than it is transformation or transformational. What I mean by that is if you were to die tonight, if you were to go home and hit a tree and have an accident, you know, where would you go? There's a benefit to that, obviously, and it's true. You know, uh, 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 then there's the other kind of benefits where, like Psalm says, and there are benefits to relationship with God, forget not all his benefits, Psalm 103, who heals all our sins and forgives all of our, 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 our forgives all of our sins and heals all our diseases. So there's benefits, but so often we're, we're focused on a beneficial message that we're not allowing a transformational message to take place in our hearts. And we're not focusing on how the gospel is actually supposed to change us. Not just give us benefits. There are benefits, but it's transformational. Okay, And it, it comes down to a lot of people don't realize like why God came. Why Jesus came. What was the purpose? What did He do? We, we kind of think that it's... <clears throat> you know, because we have very right statements, very good statements like... If you were the only person on earth, he would have done it for you. Yes, 100 percent. That's how valuable and important you are, but then somehow we slip into this self-centered Christianity where our whole faith life becomes about me, myself, and I. And Christianity was never meant to be lived in isolation. So I'm going to take Etienne's tagline, a good word is a challenging word. word. (laughs) Okay, we, we're going to take that from Tigerberg. You know, you didn't come just for an encouragement; you came to grow. So the purpose of, of of Jesus coming wasn't just to forgive your sins, although He did that. Praise God! It's nice to have your sins forgiven. I like it. I like it. So it's it's not His purpose wasn't just to take us to heaven someday when we die. That's nice too. I look forward to that. But yeah. You know, <laughs> Some people, they see it as I got my get out of a hell free ticket and now I'm just holding on in this life until I go. Christianity, he becomes your life. It's not an add on. Your whole life becomes Jesus. His life is your life. Christianity is a new life. The spirit of God now lives inside of you. Some people try Christianity. You can't. You can't like like you you, it's the spirit of god coming to make his home in you okay and when that happens you have to change not because you have to change but because you can't help but change what happens if you put a seed in the ground and you water it it has to grow unless there's something wrong with the seed but the bible says and I think First Peter or something. It says that we are born again of incorruptible seed of the word of God. So it's saying that the, the message of the gospel is a seed which has no corruption in it. And so if you receive that seed, it causes growth in your life. Okay, but there's certain things you, you need to do in order to promote that growth. Like cultivate that seed. Make sure it's coming into good soil, which is your heart, etc., etc. But you're not trying to create a seed. You're not trying to create fruit. Yeah, you know, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Galatians 5, 22 and 23. So we've got the fruit of the Spirit. And so often in church, we've made it an aim. You need to aim to have more love. You need to aim to be more patient. And then you have teachings that would say, you know, we're going to talk about patience today. And you know what happens when you pray for more patience? You have more opportunities to be patient. And then it's as if God's orchestrating everything around you to challenge you to be more patient. That doesn't work like that. If you're a believer, you've got all the patience that you need inside of you. If you're a believer, you've got all the patience you need inside of you. You just might not realize it. You just don't know it yet. Because you're not focused in on who you are in Christ. You know, when when, when we, 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 we've received the Spirit of God, He starts to transform us into the image of Jesus. Into His likeness. In your spirit, you're exactly like Jesus, okay? You're righteous like Him. But we know that's not true of your emotions. <clears throat> we know that's not true in our thinking. We know that's not true in our actions sometimes, okay? Because all of us uh, maybe act contrary to how Jesus would act in certain situations and circumstances. Amen? Okay, you're liars. (laughs) It's true for all of us. We, we, We can grow. We've got to realize that the gospel will change our motives. The gospel will change our perspective. The gospel will change our reason for being alive. Our reason for getting up in the morning. The good news of what Jesus has done for us will change all of that. The gospel is not just a survival kit. And yet most of us treat Christianity like that. I've got my survival kit. And then when war breaks out, like real war, like in the Ukraine and Russia, it's kind of like, oh no, now what? But we kind of scramble for our tools, which we've never used. (laughs) Because we we, we have it as an add-on for crisis. We don't have it as a, this is now my life. And no matter what the circumstances, I'm going to be full of peace, full of joy, full of love, etc. Yeah, you know, John chapter three verse sixteen says, "For God so loved the world that He gave His only Son, that whosoever believes in Him shouldn't perish but have everlasting life." So God gave or, or, or Jesus the best gift of all because of love. He loved us, so He gave. Okay. The Bible says that God is love. So He gave Himself, He gave love, and then, you know what we need to see in that is when we receive Him, we become love. But how many can, can, can testify that of, let's, don't focus on yourself for a moment, focus on other Christians that you know. How many of us know Christians who aren't actually love? Think about your spouse or someone else right now. Think about the person sitting next to you. Then you don't have to feel bad. Amen? As believers, we're not trying to get by in this world. We're not trying to survive this world. We're not praying so that everybody will treat us nicely. Let me say that again. We're not praying so that everybody will treat us nicely. We're seeking to become more of who He is in us. And through our lives so that people will see him that's god's desire for us you know christianity isn't just let's go to church and you know for, for uh, uh, uh for those who have kids for those who will have kids whatever the situation is you know if you're just a christian at church and then your children see you're a christian at church and then monday through saturday they don't see any christian then they're going to think that christianity is just for a building then they're not gonna love Christ. They're gonna visit him it Shouldn't be like that We're seeking him so that we can become more of who he is in us so that we can impact other people You know evangelism is important going and sharing the love of, and the goodness of God with people so that they can receive and so that They can have a, a transformed life, but here's the thing When we when we become love when, we, when we've become love and we realize like we've got love inside of us, God inside of us, we're going to effortlessly start to reach out to people. You're not going to feel this pressure to go and tell the gospel to people because it's going to just come out of you. So, we, you know, the gospel will cause us to start different, think differently. It'll cause us to start believing differently. It'll cause us to wake up for a different reason. Unfortunately, because we've got a gospel of benefit and not a gospel of transformation, so often we wake up for ourselves. We're seeking our purpose in life and not His purpose in life. We're seeking our healing and not, how can I be a blessing to somebody else? And there's healing for you. There's blessing for you. But, you know, Christianity should deal with self. And that's the biggest problem in the world, isn't it? getting quieter and quieter. Romans chapter 13. Turn with me to Romans chapter 13. We don't have the scriptures on the screen, so look it up. Romans chapter 13. We're going to look at verse 8 there. We're looking at a very practical Christianity tonight. It's It's a word to grow up in. It's a maturing message. It's not a condemning message. If you respond to it, it'll help you. It'll grow you romans chapter 13 verse 8 i'm reading from the new king james version it says "O no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law O no one anything except to love one another for he who loves another has fulfilled the law One of the ways that love fulfills the law, I mean the Bible says that love fulfills the law, is that if you truly love your neighbor, you're not going to kill them. (laughs) Right? If you truly love someone, you're not going to steal from them. Okay? So that's one of the ways that love fulfills the law. But Christ is love and He fulfilled the law for us. So when we're loving, we're being like Jesus. So here, think about it like this. If I owe no man anything but love, then no man owes me anything but love. This is going to set you free, some of you tonight. For the rest of you, we'll wake you up later. (laughs) If I owe no man anything but to love, then no man owes me anything. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, Let's, let's turn there. And I'm going to make a good comment on this now in a bit 1 Corinthians chapter 13 I'm going to read from the New Living Translation 1 Corinthians 13 from verse 4 now remember 1 John I think it's 4 verse 19 or something says uh, God is love so when we're reading this it says this is the, the the wedding the wedding passage right it's not entitled, The Wedding Passage, but we, call it, we, we use it at weddings. Love is patient. Love is kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It doesn't demand its own way. It's not irritable, It keeps no records of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, is always hopeful. And endures through every circumstance. Another translation, finishes off and says, love never fails. Now, if God is love, the first thing that we need to see is this is how God is with us. And most of us, if not hopefully a few of us by now, don't view God like this. We, We have a picture of God who's harsh and judgmental and expects perfection of you. A lot of us picture to god like he wants perfection and that's a burden of performance that you can never achieve okay but listen to if god is love then let's put god in where it says love and listen to how god is with you so god is patient god is kind god is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude Does not demand his own way. Is not irritable. Keeps no records of being wronged. Doesn't rejoice in injustice, but rejoices whenever truth wins out. God never gives up. Never loses faith. Is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. God never fails. That's how God is with us. Now, the challenge for you would be to take that passage and go and put your name in it. And read it with your name in, it. and start to see yourself as love and then it shows you wow love doesn't get irritated easily i should count how many times i get irritated <laughs> yeah. then it would have been able to give me as myself as an example i get irritated easily i don't express it as much as i could i kind of deal with it in my heart it's not wrong to get irritated but what do you do with that deal with it in your heart so that people don't you, you know it's not often we'll get irritated or whatever and then other people will experience the brunt of it other people will experience our wrath and they're not experiencing love love would cause me to say okay you know what Etienne." and this is not a true story but it is really just irritating me today for whatever reason i can't think of a reason but let's just say i just he, he just looks at me funny and i'm irritated by that what, what would love do? Love, would deal, no, love wouldn't go, you know what, Etienne, you're irritating me today, but I love you anyway. <laughs> that would not be love. What would love be? I deal with it in my heart so that Etienne doesn't even know I'm irritated. But yet, some of us have been trained to, to go up and say, you know what, Claudia, when you said X, Y, and Z, it really hurt me. You know why it hurt you? Because you're still alive. Galatians 2.20, we'll go there just now. I am crucified with Christ. I no longer live. But Christ lives in me. The more in touch we are with Christ in us, the less we're going to be offended with people. The less we're going to be irritated with people. You'll have opportunities, amen? But you'll deal with it. And then people will experience love. So... Back to Romans 13, verse 8. <clears throat> owe no one anything except to love one another. For he who loves has fulfilled the law. If I owe no man any, anything except to love, then no one owes me anything except love. So what this is saying is I should wake up. This, this is freedom. Watch this. I should wake up in the morning and not have anyone indebted to me. I must wake up with the attitude of, nobody owes me anything. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to seek my own well-being, I'm here to be a blessing. Mm -hmm. Some of you, this will deal with a lot of issues in your life right now, if you were to get this. Because you wouldn't be waking up going, I wonder if they're going to greet me today. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I wonder if they're going to message me today. I don't know what you're thinking about. I used to think a lot like that. And I got free from that because I realized that's just being carnal. And if I want to be spiritual I've got to be thinking more about how can I be a blessing not how can I be blessed. And it's unfortunate because we often preach a message or listen to messages that make us feel good because it's about what God's giving you. Not what God's doing in you. And what God's doing in you is transforming you into the image of Christ, is making you more like Jesus. You are like Jesus in your spirit. But the more now you surrender to the spirit, you're going to start to look like Jesus on the outside. So I've got a beard and longer hair, Ben Ben as well, and David. The rest of you, long way to go. So. Yeah, 1 Corinthians 13 says, love doesn't seek its own. So you will be set free if you wake up and don't seek your own. Okay? I'm on earth now not to be loved, but to love. A lot of us are on earth to be loved. Now, it's unfortunate because we grow up in dysfunctional households and in a dysfunctional school system and things like that where we 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 because we're born into a broken world we need love now we get born again and we're filled with love but our minds are still full of dysfunction and a lot of us are still seeking love instead of realizing that we're loved what I'm about to say is challenging if it hasn't been challenging already But it shouldn't matter to you who doesn't like you. It shouldn't matter to you who who doesn't like you at all. Because God accepts you and God loves you. Who cares what anyone else thinks about you? But we sometimes have given into this need inside of us that I need acceptance from people. I need love from people. And in the body of Christ, we're supposed to get that. But what if you don't? You should be content and satisfied with the love of God. And you know what it will cause you to do? Like <clears throat> The vacuum of wanting to be loved by people will cause you to seek approval of people. And that's a snare. So now if I've got a vacuum and I want to be loved and I want to be accepted and I want you to fill to my love tank, then what happens? I'm seeking it out. I'm, I'm kind of like today. I'm like this. Tomorrow I'm like that. I'm, I'm kind of like whatever I need to be for you to love me. I'm going to be it. So I'm not operating on conviction. I'm operating and trying to get your your attention. And I mean, even Paul said, if I'm trying to please men, I'm not pleasing God. And whilst you're trying to please men, you're never going to be pleasing God. It's going to clash at some point. You know, people like this would be like you know they're wearing um, blue they're wearing blue and then they're, they're like um someone will come and say I hate blue and then they'll say all of a sudden oh, I hate blue too I'm just wearing it because it's all I've got you know but they actually love blue but now they love it. they're hating blue because they want to connect with you that's unhealthy so you know it, it, it would be wise to wake up in the morning and every day tell yourself no one owes me anything. You know, you—if you, you you know, what, what would happen to you if you started to become so secure in the love of God that God loves me unconditionally and He's never going to leave me. He's never going to forsake me. I'm the apple of His eye. I'm secure in His love. You know what's going to happen? Your eyes are going off of people, off of yourself and onto Him. And people are going to want to hang out with you. People are going to come to eat the fruit of your life. Because all of a sudden they see, wow, I want what you've got. But as long as we're deficient in the love of God, we're always going to be reaching out for relationships that we shouldn't be reaching out for, or some kind of vice. Someone name something for me, so I'm not using your example. What? Smoking. Exercise. What? <laughs> You know, there's many different ones. Alcohol, eating. Let's stop there now. <laughs> so we don't feel bad. Okay. But the point is, is like like we 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 start to turn to everything but God. Okay. 1 Timothy 1 says that the purpose of my instruction is that all believers would be filled with love. The purpose of Paul's teaching was everyone be filled with Love. So teaching should push us towards love. It's unfortunate that a lot of teaching in the church, over the history of the church, has pushed people towards hatred. Now we've got examples in our country of apartheid and around the world, all sorts of different things where people are teaching, but it's not promoting love. Good teaching promotes love, which is patient, kind, etc. The goal of our teaching is... Love. So go with me to Matthew 16. This is going to bless you. Matthew 16. What we're looking at is the the Spirit-filled life and how to live a Christian life, which is the Spirit-filled life. How to live the Christian life. Because, you know, the gospel can be presented to you and you can be like, wow, I want my get-out-of-hell-free card so now I've got it, and that works. Amen? Praise God for grace. I've got my get-out-of-hell-free card. you know. And so then I've got it. I've been washed white as snow. I've got the Spirit of God living in me, and now I can face the challenges of this world because the greater One lives in me. But then we stop and we're like, we, we, we can still stop there and live for ourselves. We can still stop there and be self-absorbed and self-focused, and not Christ-focused. The more Christ-focused we are, the more we're going to love people and bless them and minister to them and serve them. But if we're living in this place of self-centeredness, we're going to expect the world to revolve around us. Okay? Matthew 16. I'll get Etienne up at the end to encourage you with something, you know. (laughs) Matthew 16, 24 to 26 then jesus said to his disciples if any man will come after me let him deny himself take up his cross and follow me for whoever will save his life shall lose it and whoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it for what is a man profited for if he gains the whole world and yet loses his own soul what uh, shall a man give in exchange for his soul so This, I believe, is entry-level discipleship. It's counting the cost, okay, that we are actually called to deny ourselves. I remember, how do I dress this up? (laughs) I remember talking to somebody, and they were talking about something. I don't want to say what the thing is, because then you're going to get stuck on that. So they were talking about something that they were struggling with, and they were like, but this is just what I feel I want to do. But it was wrong. 100 percent wrong. And they were like, What am I supposed to do? They said to me, deny myself. And I said, Well, there is a scripture for that. <laughs> you know, and, and then I brought it up and they said, So even though I feel like I want to go in this direction, I shouldn't. And I was like, obviously. Sometimes I've wanted to hit people and I don't because I know it's wrong. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Yeah, just because you feel like hitting someone doesn't mean you should hit someone let's tone it down to that kind of level of uh, examples right like we're called to be like jesus he would turn over tables and bring out a whip and but he would never hit someone <laughs> it's true it's in the bible <laughs> so we're called to here, here we go we're called to deny ourselves not indulge ourselves. We're called to deny ourselves and not indulge in self. We shouldn't be having self-interest in everything we do. But in everything we do, Matthew 6.33, Seek first the kingdom of God. So above all else, prioritizing God's kingdom and His righteousness and everything else is added unto us. That, that, that's uh, Christian living. And yet the world has such a, a warped view of what Christianity is because they see Christians going to church and then not even resembling Jesus. Nowhere near love, Mondays through Saturdays. Because we're all fighting for the, the best parking spot. We're all fighting for the best seat at the table. You know, There's one item left on sale and we're all fighting for that. You know, we're not seeking the benefit of others or the well-being of others because I'm the most important person in my life. And you need to look after yourself. But we're not called to be self-absorbed. Let's turn to 1 Peter chapter 2. 1 Peter chapter 2. Maybe a word like this is the result of preaching all weekend. (laughs) verse 9 try it in the new living first it says but you are not like that for you are a chosen people so now this is something that you've got to actually have established in your heart i'm chosen some of you were never chosen for the sports team or the, the the party or the whatever And it's time to get over that. And it's time to to see that God has chosen you. He wants you. You Your parents might not have chosen you. But God's chosen you. So it's like, even if you you, you let go of the rejection and everything that's holding you back. Because here it is. If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. All that stuff isn't you anymore. So, see yourself with a clean slate i am i'm going to switch to king james you are a chosen generation a royal priesthood a peculiar people some more peculiar than others that you should show forth the praises of him who has called you out of darkness into his marvelous light the New Living here says, You're a chosen people, are royal, uh, uh, you are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For He called you out of the darkness and into His wonderful light. So there's a lot of good things that you can meditate on in that verse. But I want to focus in on the fact that We're called out of darkness and into the marvelous light. We're called out of darkness. I've said this many times, but our unsaved friends and and family should never, when they find out that we're a Christian, be shocked. Our colleagues who are like, you know, uh, when, when you try and tell them that you're a Christian, they shouldn't fall off their chair because I would have never guessed. They should see Jesus in you before they hear Jesus out of you. Jesus has called us out of darkness and into the light. So that's talking about lifestyle. That's talking about how we live. It's talking about becoming love. So this is me having to then start changing my mind. Because this is how it works. This is how it happens. I need to start, my thoughts, my beliefs have to start aligning with His. His. And when my thoughts and my beliefs start to align with the Word of God, then I'll start to live like Jesus. Then I'll start to live like love. You know, if if I'm just thinking about me, before I say that thought, Galatians chapter 5, let's go there now. I just saw this now, it's pretty cool. Galatians chapter 5, verse 1 says so in the new living, it says, So Christ has truly set us free. Now make sure that you stay free and don't get tied up again in the slavery to the law. What does it mean by getting caught up in the slavery to the law? Self effort, self focus, focused on me. Okay. Now if you if you look at it, he's saying Christ has set us free, we're free. Now he starts to talk about what freedom is, what it looks like. And if you go down to verse 22, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long suffering gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such there is no law. And it's saying these, this should be the natural byproduct of being a Christian. We're not striving for love. We are love. We're not striving to be patient with people. Let's talk about patience for a moment. Patience would be, you know, if, if I'm needing to be patient with Etienne, I'm putting myself in Etienne's shoes, I'm thinking about Etienne, I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm being a bit impatient with him right now, but he's slow. So I understand that he's slow and, you know, he's, he's not going to be as fast as I want him to be, whether he's trying to follow me in the car or, or, or whether he's um, just like in the conversation a bit slow or whatever, I don't know. But you get what I mean I'm like thinking of him more than I'm thinking of me so that's what that's a natural byproduct of being a Christian it's like now I love people more than I love myself we have to look at this in the passion verse 22 But the fruit produced or the harvest produced by the Holy Spirit within you is divine love. God's kind of love in all its varied expressions. And I love what it says here because now it's saying that love is the the base fruit. It's not fruits. It's fruit. Love is the fruit. And an expression of love is joy that overflows. So now let me read it. Peace that subdues, patience that endures, kindness in action, a life full of virtue, faith that prevails, gentleness of heart and strength of spirit. And so we see that the fruit is love. And if I truly love, if I'm allowing God's love in me to flow towards Anna, then I'm going to be kind towards it. If I'm allowing God's love in me to flow towards other people, because we've got to let God's love first impact us, and then it's going to cause me to to be more patient with someone, experience more peace, etc. Now go down to verse 24. Keep in mind that we who belong to Jesus, the Anointed One, have already experienced crucifixion. It's just saying that you're dead, and now you're having Christ live in you. Not physically, because you're still here. It's talking spiritually. Okay? Everything connected to our self-life was put to death on the cross and crucified with Messiah. And so we must now live in the Holy Spirit and follow after Him. So this is saying, basically, we've self, we mustn't be self-focused and self-absorbed. We must be Christ-absorbed. We'll look at it in Galatians just now, potentially. But the point is, is that self is dealt with. Patience is not for yourself. I know you need to be patient with yourself sometimes. But patience, the fruit of the Spirit, is more for other people. We can lock you up in a cupboard and you'll be patient with yourself and you'll be loving. Because you love yourself and some of you are maybe not as much as you should. But um, the point is, is that the fruit is the same as the gifts of the Spirit. It's for other people. God didn't put Himself in you just for you. He put Himself in you to be a blessing. What did he say to abraham he said i will bless you and you will be a blessing the purpose of being blessed is being a blessing what was he you know what what he was saying to abraham in um, genesis chapter 15 verse 2 i think it is or 4. he says i will bless you and you will be a blessing what's the first thing we think of when we when we hear that verse Money. money But here's the thing. Abraham was already rich. (laughs) He was already very wealthy. And so God wasn't talking about money. It was a prophecy of the Spirit that would come. God wanted to live in us. And now that we have the Spirit of God in us, I can be a blessing to other people. Christianity is not for you. It's for everyone, okay? So now, if I'm just thinking about myself, it it would be obvious and it's no wonder why I'm discouraged. If I'm just thinking about myself, it's a good reason to be depressed, full of anxiety, always looking over my shoulder, wondering and fretting because I'm always looking out for number one. Okay? I'm not thinking for the kingdom. I'm not thinking for others. I'm not thinking of what's going to benefit someone else. I'm thinking about me and that's going to depress you. You know, self-censoredness wants the, the green traffic light for themselves. <laughs> I'll throw this one out there. Self-censoredness is praying for no rain on your wedding day when the farmers are praying for rain because they need it so desperately. When we, 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 we realized that early on in our, uh, in our relationship, Marna and I, because her stepfather's a, a wheat farmer. And so for our wedding, we didn't pray against rain. We had lots of it. No, it was fine. We got we, we lived to tell the tale. <laughs> we had an outdoor wedding too. It worked. It was cold. But it was good. We still live. Yeah. You know, what about other people? What about Christ in me, wanting to bless others through me? We've been called to much more than self. We've been forgiven of everything. Amen. Everything you've ever done has been completely, you've been absolved of it. You've been set free from it. God has has blessed you with a clean slate that can never get dirty. That's forgiveness. Okay? But now, He's put His life inside of us not so we can just have a new life but we can not so that we can have a a, a continuation of that life but we can have a new life a new life it's a new way of living new motivations new perspective new everything okay christianity isn't trying to incorporate jesus into your life he becomes your life so now you don't try and adopt the attitude of christ you have the attitude of christ and you're focused in on that this changes things. You know, as I'm growing in my knowledge of what t- took place when I, when I became a Christian, which is called maturity, growing in my knowledge, now I have to challenge things that I believe. I have to challenge hurts. I have to challenge offenses. I have to challenge unforgiveness <clears throat> and the way that seems right to man. Because let's talk about it. We sometimes are justified in being offended, Right. It's true, I'm saying it's right, I'm not tricking you. Okay? We, we we justified in being offended or being unforgiving towards someone because maybe they hurt us in a way that was completely wrong. But let's look at Jesus for a moment. Have we ever seen unforgiveness, bitterness, or resentment or anything like that in Jesus? So we didn't learn it from Jesus then. What do we learn from Jesus? Love. We learn forgiveness so if we don't see it in jesus we didn't learn it from him so then where did i learn unforgiveness from not from jesus from somewhere else from the old man from the devil maybe but but it's 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 natural it's not spiritual and if i'm wanting to live a spiritual life i've got to look to jesus and go okay if i don't see it in you i've got to get rid of it in my life i don't have the right to have unforgiveness towards you. Because Jesus doesn't have unforgiveness to... like think about the cross. He's carrying that cross up to Golgotha. And people are spitting on him and and, and and throwing things at him. And it's 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 unjust. And and he's being spat on and nailed, what's it, a crown of thorns in his head, and there's blood, and and he's in agony. And he's going, This is the worst day of my life this is just horrible did you read that there and he's like you know what you guys are just uh, uh, you just don't understand what I'm trying to do for you you don't appreciate me Jesus is saying he's like you you don't have a clue what I want to do for you and here you are spitting on me and all of a sudden Jesus is becoming self-absorbed and said you'll regret this does he do that no he then he's hanging on the cross and he says father forgive them don't hold this to their account why because he's got love love never fails okay so if we didn't learn it from him then it's not something that we should be part of bitterness you might be justified in it but we learned we learned that from darkness we didn't learn that from Jesus so bitterness unforgiveness resentment and whatever else is in the darkness You're called out of the darkness into the glorious light. So leave those things behind now and choose to live like Jesus. And then you won't have to try and witness to people because they'll see the witness in you. Because you'll be loved. You'll become more loving towards people. It's time to come out of darkness. We need to let go of uh, 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 the need to even be right all the time. Okay, not us the people who didn't come. I know people like that, you know in every situation. It's like they have to be right Learn to just keep quiet Let them be right if it blesses them. Awesome. Even if they're wrong <laughs> Builds relationship. Amen <laughs> Here's one that that, that that I hope challenges you a little sometimes we come to church to try and find our identities through other people and yet coming to church and finding your identity in the group and in the family is always going to leave you uh, uh, short-changed it's important and there needs to be a fulfillment in, in the family <clears throat> but you're only ever going to be as strong as the weakness around you and we need to rise up to a higher level and that high level is christ in me okay people will let you down people will fail and sometimes they won't even try to. They just will. So sometimes you know, you're, you're, you're going to be needy. You're going to read into things. And you're, you're going to uh, 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 get hurt because you're touchy. Because you're, you're focused on yourself. You know what makes a healthy church? Is when all of us are focused on Christ in us. And not how can Anna bless me? How can can, can Etienne bless me? But if I've got the fullness of God living in me, how can I be a blessing to Priyank? How can I be a blessing to Sean and John Mark? And now I'm looking not, what can I get out of this? A lot of people go to church and they're like, okay, I like the worship maybe. This could be a good church for me to be in. Let me see if I can make some friends here. Go and be a friend. You don't like the worship? Get involved in the worship. You don't like something? Get involved in it and be a blessing. You know, build the church that you want. Don't look for the church you want. That, that, that's actually our testament. <laughs> we build the church that we want. Because we, 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 we... Anyway. Galatians chapter 2 verse 20. Let's look at this. Galatians chapter 2. The end of the chapter. I want to read it from... I think the Passion says, my old identity has been co-crucified with Messiah and no longer lives. For the nails of his cross crucified me with him. And now the essence of this new life is no longer mine. For the anointed one lives his life through me. We live in union as one. My My new life is empowered by the faith of the Son of God who loved me so much that he gave himself for me and dispenses his life into mine. So all this is saying, it's Christ in me and it's Christ through me and as believers we need to become aware of this you kind of if you have a corpse up front you can kick the corpse you can spit on the corpse you can insult the corpse the corpse won't respond this is the picture you need to have in your mind like you know i've stood stood in front of people and they, they they after a service like insult me and say things about the message and whatever and i play dumb why? Because I don't need to defend myself. I don't need to protect myself. What do I do? I'm like, wow, that's amazing. I mean, the one guy was like, you should have said it like this and you should have said it like that because you've made it seem like this. And I was like, no, I was trying to say that. He's like, no, but you shouldn't be saying that. And I was like, oh, you know? And I'm like, you know what? Me, I'm not gonna win this guy over, so let me just leave him. And I'm like, thank you so much. And then I still get a 10 page uh, email about it. Point is, it's like, you know, We're not here to always win the argument. We're here to love, okay? We don't always need to be right. Successful Christian living is realizing that I'm dead, so I'm choosing, when when Etienne insults me, or like one one, one time, not Etienne, but somebody else um, that I was uh, discipling in the church told me that after the service they were uh, having dinner together and uh, they were talking about how ridiculous my pants were the one Sunday. <laughs> I like those pants, but I never wore them again. <laughs> Actually, I think I did. But the point is, this was back in 2011, I remember. And, and the point is, is that I didn't let it upset me. I didn't let it change the way that I, I interacted with that, those people. I still know them. They're still in the church. I still love them. It's, it's not an issue for me. Because I'm not touchy. You can't offend a dead person. You can't offend a dead person. Colossians chapter 2. I think I'll land with this verse here. Colossians. Chapter 2, verse 10. King James says, You are complete in Him. Can anyone shout out the What they think the word complete means? Lacking nothing. nothing, That's a good one. Lacking nothing. I'm looking it up here. Full. (laughs) Complete. It's a a, a full. To make replete. To fill up. So if you're complete in Christ, what else do you need? Nothing. Your problem is you're not focused on Christ in you. You're focused on the deficiencies that you're trying to get other people to fulfill in your life. Look at the the Passion Translation. Verse 10, And our own completeness is now found in Him. We are completely filled with God as Christ's fullness overflows within us. So, we are completely filled with Him. A lot of people looking for a church or a group to be part of how can this bless me how can this connect to me or whatever Uh, 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 not how can i be a blessing because i'm full of christ and granted sometimes we're in a place where we are needing to grow so we're going to a church to grow so it's not wrong completely but as we grow we should be less self-centered and more christ-centered the gospel teaches us that we're complete in him and we're full of him wherever we go so when you walk into this room you're not looking for somebody to make you feel good. Because you feel good because of Christ in you. You're not looking for someone to encourage you, but you're looking for someone to encourage. That's called maturity. And there's so much more that we can say on all of this. But I think the essence of it is really we need to start living from the spirit within and not from our carnal focus of what i need what do i lack and how can i get it from people you know philippians chapter 2 is wonderful on this in a sense of looking it says to have the attitude of christ looking to the interests of others not just our own interests this week think about what your prayer life is like most people's prayer life is bless me bless me bless me most people aren't thinking about Ukraine and Russia. Most people aren't thinking about their neighbor. Most people aren't praying for anyone other than themselves. Because why? We're the most important person in our world. You know, it it blessed me when when, uh, uh, Timothy messaged and said he's going to the, the Poland border to go and minister to people coming out of Ukraine. And he said, you know, pray for us to have opportunities to bless people and share the gospel with them. And oh yeah, please pray for our safety. But it was kind of like, by the way, because he wasn't, a hero never thinks about themselves. A hero is always considering what can I do to help these people? Someone's drowning in icy water, a hero will just jump in. They're not weighing up. Okay, let me just think about this. How deep is this water? And is They're just going for it. And sometimes they end up dead because of it. Kind of seems foolish, but that's a hero. They're not thinking about what it's going to cost them. You know what makes us spiritual? What, what marks us as spiritual isn't how much we know, but it's what we do with it. It's love. Love marks us as spiritual. So, how do you know if someone's spiritual? How much love do they have flowing out of them? If they don't have much, pray for them. <laughs> love on them. How, how are we living by the Spirit, living in love? That's more important than anything. Now, Father, I just want to thank You that even though it's a, a challenging word, even though it's a word that kind of can seem a bit heavy, I thank You that it's a, a freedom. If we can get free from self, we can be truly free. Because then we can be bold, we can be confident. We're not always thinking about what are people going to think about me. But we'll seek to step out and be a blessing to people. We'll seek to step out and love on people. Not thinking about ourselves. Father, I thank you that this all starts with allowing you to love on us. Your love is always flowing towards us. So right now, I just pray for every single person in this room that they would have a greater encounter with your love today and this week. That when they open up the Bible, when they pray, they would know your love. They would experience your love. They would be overwhelmed by your unconditional love. Your love which is patient towards them. Your love which holds no records of their wrongs. Your love which is kind towards them. Thank you, Father, that as that love just causes a, 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 an overflow in our lives and in our hearts, it's going to touch people around us and they're going to experience you in us. Help us not to be so focused in on ourselves, but to rather acknowledge that you know, we're one with you and it's you living in us and you living through us where we need to choose to deny ourselves thank you that we will deny ourselves father where we need to choose to say no to not just sin but negative emotions negative uh, attitudes and things like that thank you that we'll just do it thank you that we'll just rise up and say you know what i don't have to be unforgiving i don't have to be bitter i don't have to be offended and thank you that love will just flow Thank you, Jesus. If you're ever in the Cape Town area, we want to invite you to come fellowship with us at one of our life groups or Sunday gatherings. You can find out more about Gracelife Rondebosch via email at info at co, or check us out on our Facebook page, Gracelife Rondebosch.